Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome back to another episode of the Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gibson, and today I have Amy Waters in the studio to share about taking care of ourselves from a holistic standpoint in light of the way that God created us. Amy, welcome. Thank you, Taylor. Uh, For those of you that may not know, Amy came and shared at our summer Bible study this past summer on mental health and emotional wellness. So we'll link that in the show notes if you want to go back and hear that talk. It was amazing on anxiety and just... um, Helping our listeners understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amy, will you tell us a little bit about you? I will. Um, And thank you so much for inviting me to be here. My name's Amy Waters. I am first and foremost a believer in Jesus. Um, I'm married to Neil Waters, who's pretty great. (laughs) I have two sweet kiddos, Sam and Elle. And uh, I'm also a licensed professional counselor here in Tyler. I love that. Amy, how long have you been a counselor? Um, I've been practicing for almost 10 years now. Wow. Wow. Um, well, I am so excited to dive right into this conversation with you today. Um, the first thing I kind of want to address is anxiety and depression. I think that is something that is pre- prevalent mm-hmm. all over our world. Um which doesn't exclude our churches. And I think a lot of times Christians feel like um, maybe they can't share that or they're afraid to share that. What would you say to someone uh, dealing with that? Well, let me first say that uh, just the feelings of anxiety and the feelings of sadness are a really normal part of the human experience. I I think there's a lot of times where we're pathologizing normal negative emotions Mm. and panicking because Maybe joy and peace doesn't seem to be kind of overwhelming the whole day or the whole experience. And I, I want people to know that um, it's a part of the way God designed us, that we feel a full um, spectrum and color of emotion, both positive and negative. But for the, for the believer that's really weighed down mm-hmm. by anxiety and depression in that kind of way where it consumes the body and the mind and the heart, and it affects the way that you do your day-to-day in a way that that you really can't seem to shake. I think first I want to say you're not alone. Mm, You're not the only believer that has ever experienced this. And um, I want to maybe encourage you to, to kick off some of the shame that comes with that. I think a lot of times people feel like, I can't beat this. I've prayed, I've read my Bible, I've been in community, I'm doing all the things that I know to do, and I can't shake it. Um, and I I think we would never speak to ourselves <laughs> about things like cancer or diabetes or an autoimmune disorder, the way we speak to ourselves about yeah. mental illness. Yeah. And sometimes the brain's just not doing what it's supposed to do. Um, and so I think I would say you're not alone, and I would also say please reach out. Please don't be afraid to talk about it, to ask for help, um, and maybe even to go beyond just all those little things that we know to do. So how do we kick that shame? I think some of that is to remember that that's part of what the gospel was made to do, Mm -hmm. right? Isn't that Adam and Eve hiding in a bush? They were naked before that. Yeah. Yeah. They were just as naked prior to the knowledge that they were vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, They were just unaware of it. 
vulnerability is also a part of the human experience. Unfortunately. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I wish this wasn't real, but it's helpful. Right? We want to be superhero. Well, I mean, if I'm being honest, Taylor, we want to be God. Yeah. Right? We don't want to be needy, and we don't want to be vulnerable, and we don't want to be... We want to be in control. Yeah. And so part of what happens is they become aware of it, and they go hide in a bush. Yeah. (laughs) And when God enters in and says, where are you? That wasn't because God didn't know where they were. <laughs> it's God helping them understand, I'm, I can see. And part of what the gospel does is brings us back to that place where we don't need to hide behind a bush. Mm. Um, we are vulnerable. We are needy. We are dependent on God. And if we can accept our finiteness and our limits and depend on Him, we don't have to be ashamed of anything. Yeah. Um, because we can literally cast ourselves on him. And so when the when the believers experiencing anxiety and depression or any number of negative things, there's a place for help. And there's a place to say, "Lord, I need." Or even Jesus hanging on the cross says, "I thirst." And there's a declaration of dependence on God that just kind of kicks shame to the curb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's a, a place to just really cast yourself on the gospel and to go, I don't, I don't need to be ashamed that I'm human. Yeah. So if someone is looking to get help, um, looking for a Christian counselor, or therapist, or someone in that arena, what are some things that they should be looking for when they search that out? Yeah. I think first and foremost for the for the believer, you you really do want to engage your faith in counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, even the studies will tell us that when faith is a very central part of your life, working with a therapist who is of like mind, you do better. Yeah. Um, I don't know why we needed studies for that, but we <laughs> did them, and they told us, and now we know. And so I would say trying to um, kind of engage in the world of counseling, making sure that your counselor um, understands your worldview. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't think you have to share every belief in common, um, but I think those fundamentals are really important. The other thing, I, I think there's kind of a world of personality that plays into counseling. I tell people all the time, there's as many flavors of counseling as there are people who do it. Yeah. And so sense. the relationship is a big part of the counseling process. So it's okay if you go to a counselor the first time and you go, yeah, I don't I don't know if that's a good connect. Not for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I keep a file. I call it the better than me file. Oh, I like it. <laughs> yeah. I have all these people in town that are better than me, um, I, maybe for that person, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes people will come in and will go, well, maybe this isn't a great fit. And that's okay. That's not offensive to me. I would rather people get the help that they need. Um, and so sometimes that's just a matter of going, oh, this person really specializes in this kind of thing that you're dealing with. Um, I think, too, asking around. A lot of times people know because they've been. Um, yeah. And so I think word of mouth uh, referrals can be really helpful when someone who knows and loves you knows someone who does a good job at counseling and says, I think they'd be great for you. I, I perk up my ears and take that in. Yeah, absolutely. So when we're looking at a person from a holistic perspective mm-hmm. um, and someone that is dealing specifically with anxiety or depression, from that perspective, what are some things that you would do um, to help that person combat that? Obviously, each person is different mm-hmm. and it's probably going to be e- different from each person. But what are some examples of combating that physically and mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally, spiritually, 
That's a great question. I think we're all uniquely wired. Um, and what may be going on with one person causing anxiety could be a little bit different for another. So some of that is just in kind of exploring where is the root? Where is this coming from? Um, sometimes we get into counseling and someone's really wrestling with anxiety and we go, okay, well, when's the last time you had a checkup and how are we doing diet wise? Mm -hmm. Have you had a vitamin panel lately? I had a, a gal, uh, not so long ago, a real sudden onset of panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And we were really trying to dig into the root and we couldn't find a circumstantial one. We couldn't find a thought pattern one. And what we realized is that maybe there was something happening in her body. So we sent her for a vitamin panel. Her Bs were through the floor. She had no B vitamins. Wow. <laughs> she started taking a B complex and they went away. So some of that is being willing to do all diligence to search it out. That is just blows my mind to me about how much our physical self impacts our emotional and mental state. Yeah. Well, God made us that way. Yeah. Right? He, he created us with bodies. He formed us with his hand. He breathed life into us. There's a very physical aspect of the way that God connected us. Even mm -hmm. the, the idea of the soul, right? In, in the Hebrew, the nefesh, when you translate that in the Old Testament, sometimes they say mind and sometimes they say body and sometimes they say soul and sometimes they, because the nefesh has this whole person dynamic that they would have never separated body, soul, and spirit the way we kind of do when mm -hmm. we speak about mm -hmm. it. Um, and so if you've ever experienced anxiety, you know how physical it can be at times. I, I have maybe some worries or some concerns or thinking patterns, but sometimes it's just my body saying, uh, mayday, right? Yeah. People start to yeah. breathe fast, they clench, they um, their heart gets really fast, or they feel tightness in their chest. You're like, it's a very physical. Yeah. Sometimes people go to the ER. Yeah. Going, I think I'm having a heart attack. And they're like, it's that's a panic attack. Oh gosh. I know, isn't that scary? It's scary. Um, and so I think sometimes being willing to take the time to search out what is it that's happening with me? Is there something going on in my body? Is there something going on in my world, in my family, in my work relationships, in my, or is there something going on in my mind? Um, that, um, maybe I've found myself giving way to thought patterns that are contrary to the things that God has said. Um, and if we can kind of explore some of those, it's not a one-size-fits-all process. Yeah. Well, and what I love that I'm hearing you say is it's not like it's just you just change your diet and you're fine, or mm -hmm. you just change your thought life or you're fine, or you just read your Bible and pray it away and you're fine. It's using a combination of the tools and resources that God has given us to address a whole person. You, I couldn't have said that better, Taylor. <laughs> that is exactly the idea. Um, and I think when we start to treat people as one-dimensional, we we fail to acknowledge the created design, which is a failure to acknowledge the creator and his wisdom. Um, and so if we can kind of explore this is the way God made us, then we have answers about way that God can help us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, that's good. Um, so what does that look like um, as we start looking towards rest. Um, mm -hmm. I think in this world, we don't, we avoid rest a lot. Um, we're just busy and there's a hustle culture and hustle mindset mm -hmm. of, no, I have to do the next big thing or um, I got to have all these things. I can't just stop. How do we intentionally rest? I know there are things like 
watching Netflix all day is not necessarily resting. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's just distracting. Um, but what are some ways that we can rest to help with that? Yeah, I think distracting is the right word. I call those neutral activities, okay. right? When you do things like play on your phone or wander from room to room in your house staring at things or um, turn on Netflix and watch a show. Or mindless eating. Mindless eating, any of those things. Sometimes what you're doing is you're just shifting into neutral, Mm. right? I'm not pouring out energy, but I'm also not receiving. And when we're thinking about rest, we really want to think of it in terms of receiving. God gave us rest, right? It's the, the... all, now all the commands are for us. All the commands give to us. But this one in particular um, is is meant to be a receiving. Well, and we see God's example in that. Yes. And he, God, in Genesis 2, He rested on the seventh day after creation. Mm-hmm. And then in Mark 1, Jesus retreats to a quiet place after He's been ministering to rest. Yeah. Yeah. And you, man, you could really even search the scriptures through that lens. You know, Jesus sends the disciples out two by two and they come home. And the first thing He does is send them away for rest. Mm. Or when He's preparing to feed the 5,000, right? He feeds them physically and then feeds them spiritually. That's not an uncommon thing to see Jesus do in the scriptures. So sometimes there's some spiritual value in taking a nap or having a snack. I'm going to take a nap during the middle of the day and just be like, I'm sorry, Amy told me to rest. You do it. (laughs) I hope you do. I, I think in the world of rest too, in that receiving, sometimes we forget how restful it can be to be in God's Word. Mm. Um, I, I know, I'm, I'm assuming many people who are listening to this have had this experience. But I remember several occasions when my kids were really little and getting ready to go to a Bible study, and I feel this like, oh, I don't want to get everybody dressed. I don't want to get out the door. I don't want to, I just want to stay here and hole up in my house. And then I get there and I'm like, what in the world was I dreading? This was so good for me. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is because that little expenditure on the front side felt overwhelming and I forgot how great the return is mm-hmm. and what a receiving we get when we gather with like-minded believers with women who know me and love me um, to open up God's Word together and to talk about it, that that's actually an activity that we receive. Yeah. Um, And so, and it doesn't always have to be opening up the Bible. Um, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes taking a walk is a way to receive, Mm. Um, or sometimes practicing meditation, thinking on God, turn on some really great Christian music and breathe. Yeah. Um, I find that a lot of teenagers are really good at this. They're very intuitive. When they're having a hard time, they go like shut their doors and they turn on the music and jam out. Yep. Um, we're, we're, we don't give ourselves permission to do that very much. Um, but I find that what they're figuring out is I need to find a way to receive. And for some of them, just listening to music that resonates with where they're, where they're at feels yeah. really good. Well, I want to hear you speak too for a minute. Um, you mentioned when you have little kids around the house. And so I think about those mamas that are in the season of kids running around everywhere, or even um, the women that are caretakers, maybe for their husbands later in life. And there's not really a lot of opportunities for a break. How do you fit, for lack of a better term, rest into your day um, when other lives depend on you being there? Yeah. There, um, now we'll say um, there's something really good and lovely about waving the white flag and asking for help. Mm. I think a lot of times we assume there's not help 
and there might be. Um, so don't be afraid to let people know, um, like, I'm struggling. Even having a trusted friend come relieve you for one morning um, or one uh, afternoon can can do a world of good. But I, when you're in that place where you go, I'm it. Right. I'm, I'm taking care of a newborn who really can't be with anybody else yet. Or, um, everyone can take five minutes, right? That's good. Everyone can stop for just a minute, even just the, um, and forgive me on the microphone, like the inhale and the exhale, Mm -hmm. like the Mm -hmm. (sighs) kind of moment, um, that we often, when we're frenzied, we don't stop to do. We just don't stop and to say, Lord, I'm tired and I need help. And would you give me all that I need today? Mm -hmm. Sometimes just that one minute pause to breathe, to pray, to meditate on a scripture really can reset um, when we're in those seasons where we can't stop. Which I think goes back to intentional rest. Yes, There have been times in my life that have been busier seasons. And then I come home and I just crash and lay on the couch and binge like four hours of Netflix and go to bed. And I think, wait, that was not helpful at all. I finished that and I don't even, I don't feel good. And so I think finding that time of it being intentional to meditate on scripture, pray, breathe, walk, do something that you're getting that input back into your body is so important. Sometimes even changing the routine, right? The, okay. When you've got small kids at home and you're in this crazy rut, sometimes mm-hmm. everybody feels better if you'll just go to the park for a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or uh-huh. sometimes everybody will feel better if you just play a game you haven't played in a while. Um, and so sometimes um, creating uh, – well, I, I actually heard a really sweet friend of mine – recently gave a definition for self-care that I love. She said, self-care is building the kind of life that I don't have to run away from. Mm. And and I get it. When we're in seasons of caretaking and there's a self-denial in that, there may be parts of that that are just hard. Um, but I think if we can even order those days with a different perspective, I'll give an example for my life. I hate ironing. It's like, not laundry, yep. ironing, mm-hmm. not, yeah. not Amy's favorite activities. I think if I could outsource one chore for the rest of my life, it would be that. Mm-hmm. Um, and But my kids wear uniforms to school, and so they have to have yeah. clean uniforms. And that wrinkle spray is not cutting it. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, and so I've thought, well, I, it's not, not a part of my life that I love, but it does have to be done. And so I'm going to include things in it that are receiving, right? So I usually will listen to a podcast or I'll turn on music that I really love. Mm-hmm. I get some oils going, mm-hmm. um, some good sounds. And I, I kind of go, okay, there, we've now just kind of redeemed a mundane experience by being able to think on the things of God or to hear things that are good. And there's a, a little bit where if we just make the effort to do one thing, right? Not a million things, just one thing, to put ourselves in a posture of receiving from the Lord, mm-hmm. it changes what might be a really unpleasant task, and it can be worship. <laughs> yeah. Well, and while you mentioned self-care, can you kind of walk us through the difference between self-care and self-indulgence? I feel like in our culture today, there's a big me time, I need me time. Yes. Um, 
mantra almost that we speak to ourselves and speak to other people. Well, did you have some you time today? And you do you and all of that. But when we look in the Bible and the rest that Jesus did, he retreated to pray. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just for the sake of being alone. It was for prayer and that renewing. Will you share into that? Yeah. I know. I almost hated to say the word um, self-care because I think we do misunderstand and misuse it. Mm -hmm. I I think there's this world of self-indulgence Right when we're yeah. kind of going, oh, I deserve this, or I get this, or, and really that can become a form of even idolatry. Mm-hmm. When I'm looking to the thing itself to be the thing that replenishes, as a as opposed to, I'm going to declare dependence on God by waving the white flag and saying, I can't be like you who never sleeps or slumbers. True. Right, God is the one who does not sleep or does not slumber. I must sleep. I must slumber. And there's a trust that comes from putting down the day's tasks. Mm. Um, there's a trust. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine what it would be like in a farming community to shut down for a whole day during harvest? Well, I was thinking about that. I've been reading in the New Testament or the Old Testament lately and just talking of they've been talking about some of the traditions with the year of Jubilee and then taking that day of rest and taking like a whole year off. And I was like, how did they do that? Yeah. Like, I would lose my mind. Yeah. Can you imagine sitting on your front porch watching your crops, knowing that they need to be brought in and trusting the Lord to go? You've asked me to rest. I will obey this command and let it go for a whole day or sometimes a whole year. Yeah, like that Um, full dependence on the Lord. There's an utter dependence on the Lord that I think, and maybe self-care isn't the right word for it, Mm -hmm. Um, because it is such a posture of receiving. I think it's more of a letting God tend to you or maybe letting another person tend to you. Mm -hmm. We... We're prideful things. We love to give the answer of, I'm so busy, or I'm doing all these things, because we think somehow that makes us important, mm-hmm. right? I'm important. Mm-hmm. You can't get a hold of me. Um, <laughs> or I'm important. I have so many things to do. And as opposed to going, no, value does not come from all the things that I do and produce. The mm-hmm. value is assigned to me by God. I receive it from Him, and I don't increase that by doing more or less. Mm. So when I... Allow even someone to tend to me, um, because even the ca- like. Listen, I have to sit on the other side of the couch every now and again. Yeah, like I, it, it'd be totally unwise for me as a counselor to never cross the room and let someone tend to my soul. Mm-hmm. There's a there's even a pride in that, and I think when we put ourselves in a posture of receiving, right? There's this this wellspring that the scriptures talk about that comes up and it overflows into other people. And it actually puts us in a better position to give and take care. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. That's good. So just making sure that it is that intentional and scripturally based. Yeah. And there's a there's a sense of just asking the question of what do I need? Mm. What do I need? Because I think sometimes our fe- people are feverishly pouring over the scriptures when what they need is to just go rest. Yeah. But sometimes people are doing all the other things and to the neglect of God's Word. Even when you come to see a counselor, um, I may ask you, how are you praying about this? What scriptures have encouraged you? Not not from a like, 
put you to shame kind of position, but more from a, I want to know that before you come to me, that you've come to him. Yeah. And I want to know that you're, I'm, I'm not the wonderful counselor, right? He's the wonderful mm-hmm. counselor. And I, I get to be a mouthpiece. I get to sit with people and to care for them in a, in a very personal way, but I don't change hearts. And so there's a sense too of even when you're seeking out some of those things that are gifts that God gave us mm-hmm. to replenish us, we don't want to disconnect that from the giver. Yeah. Um, and so where self-indulgence or that me time can really just either be in a, a selfishness, an idolatry, a it, if it's disconnected from receiving from God, we have to be careful um, because it, it might not, one, be good for us, but two, we may be replacing um, the thing that's the very best with something that's not going to satisfy. Yeah, that's good. Um, as we kind of wrap up our talk today, are there any resources um, or scriptures or anything that you think would be helpful for our listeners? Mm. One of my favorites, when my soul is weary and parched, and maybe I find myself struggling to pray or not knowing what to say, there's two little books that I love. It's a, a collection of Puritan poems and prayers. One of them's called The Valley of Vision. Um, and then, oh, now I've lost the name of the other one. I'll, I'll, I'll email it to yeah, you. Yeah, send it to it me and I'll list. put it in our show notes. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a really great book on Sabbath. It's kind of an everyday Sabbath kind of book called Sacred Rest mm. um, by Cheryl Wunderlich. Um if you're wanting to look at even um, kind of in the body perspective, kind of this is kind of a nerdy science book, so forgive me. Um, the, the, there's a book called Breathe by James Nestor. Now, he's not a believer, but he talks about the science of breath. Mm. Um, and one of the things we're seeing in the counseling world um, and just in mental health as a whole is that uh, learning how to breathe properly and giving ourselves time to breathe properly actually does a whole world of good for the body. And I think it's so beautiful because of the way that God breathed life into us and that He breathes life into our spirit when He regenerates a heart, right? There's a reflection in like literal breath being life-giving. To us. I love that science is catching up with the Bible of things that God right? has been showing us all along. And we're like, no, that's in the Bible. And that sounds kind of weird and too religious. And then it's like, science is like, wait, that's right. You know? Yeah. And then we're like, wait, there was a reason God was telling me to do that all along. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you, if you want to have some fun with that, uh, it's a great little book. Um, and then there's a, uh, this is just a book I'm reading lately, um, kind of for my own thing. It's called Gentle and Lowly by mm-hmm. Dane Ortland, And he's just really talking about the mercy of God and how tender he is with us. Um, I, I, I find even as I'm reading it that I go, I don't speak to myself this way. I don't, I don't treat myself this way with regard to my failures and my shortcomings. Um, so anyways... There's and a book on shame. Let me give you one more. Okay, love it, love it. Um, there's a book called The Soul of Shame by Kurt Thompson. I can't remember if I mentioned it this summer, but he really kind of connects body and soul. Um, he's a Christian psychologist and um, really addresses the feeling of shame and the way we experience it both in our minds and in our bodies. And uh, anyways, it's a great little book. I love that. Yeah. Um, well, another thing that I like to do with 
our guests is tell our listeners where they can find you. And you're actually working on opening up a new practice in the Tyler area, right? Will you tell us briefly about that? Oh, I'm so excited. Um, We are, I say we, my dear friend Cammie and I are opening up a new counseling center. It's called Living Well Holistic Counseling and Wellness, located in South Tyler. We're hoping to launch mid to late March, and we seem to be on track to be doing that. Um, we're, uh, you can already find me, uh, I uh, kind of have already shifted email and uh, website will hopefully be fully functional in the next couple of weeks. Um, but we're really trying to create a space where people can come and rest mind, body, and soul. Um, so Such a need. Uh, it, it, it really has been a picture of God's provision all the way through as we've seen Him gather people and resources and just a place for people to come. But we'll have counseling, nutrition, a naturopathic doctor, massage, yoga, um, sauna, red light therapy, new oh, calm, all kinds of, my of favorite things. things. <laughs> come do them all. And it's on 10 acres, so we really do want this to be a place where people don't feel like they have to rush in and rush out for an appointment, that they yeah. can come and linger um, and receive, right? That We're trying to create a place where people can assume the posture of receiving from God. Yeah, that's good. So we do, we want to invite people to come. Um, we, we really do see it as His. Uh, he, he has kind of led us all the way through. Um, and so we're kind of going open-handed with that, but boy, has it been a big project. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. We'll put the website and everything by the time our show airs. Hopefully the website and everything will be ready in the show notes so people can find you. Yay! Uh, before we go, I always ask our guests, what is something that you're learning and what is something that you're loving? Um, I was laughing about what am I learning. I'm learning scheduling software right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have been up to my knows in just organizing um, calendars and trying to kind of create a online um, scheduling, which is not normally my thing, right? I, I Parts got of in, starting a new business. <laughs> got into counseling because God and people, um, uh, paperwork and logistics is not usually my thing, but I'm learning a lot um, and actually kind of enjoying some of it. So. Good, good. Um, what am I loving? Um, I really am loving the simple moments because this is a season where uh, things aren't getting to stop as much as maybe they normally would. I've been really grateful for the small moments. Um, so I, I'm kind of just going to call a divine interruption. Okay, um, like, like when that. God just divinely interrupts with a friend or a phone call yes. or a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> um, some things that are really uh, life-giving to me. Um, I've just been loving all those little provisions in a season where I don't, I don't get to stop as much as I normally would. Oh, I love that. Well, Amy, thank you for coming today and sharing your wisdom and insight into some mental health things with us. Uh, we really appreciate thank that. Thank you for having me. What a, what a delight. We'll see y'all next week. Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.